Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we, as women, will walk together and share sweet community in Christ. Today on our program, we have Sarah Stevenson. Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I have been a follower of Jesus since high school, so it's been a little over 40 years, 43 years since I started following Jesus. Um, I'm married. Um, in fact, we will celebrate our 35th wow. wedding anniversary this fall. And what an accomplishment. Yep. We're excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have three adult children and eight grandchildren with a ninth one on the way. Wow. And you got lots of grandchildren really quickly. Very quickly. Yes. In <laughs> yeah. fact, our... Uh, it was three years ago, yeah. uh, not quite three years ago, our first grandchildren were all born. Wow, ever. and we are going to go more into that story, mm-hmm. so hold that thought. Now, the reason I wanted to invite you on the program is because you've had a rough couple of years, and I've seen you respond correctly to those, and with Jesus' endurance and power. I'm going to ask you a few questions about how you've done that so you can help others um, through this podcast. Yeah, you've had a rough few years, but you've chosen to believe that God is still faithful. How have you done that? I think I've done that because I know he is faithful. It's not a, it's not a choice. It is he is faithful. And God how, do you, how do you know that? Well, I think um, since coming to know Jesus in high school, I have seen God through the years be the same. And be faithful. And he has proven himself again and again and again. So it's it's not a, is he faithful? I know he is. And that, just like the Bible says, um, I, the Lord, do not change. And that he says that he is, his love is steadfast. And he doesn't, you know, swerve or change from that. And that's, Like our circumstances. Right. Swerve and change. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's my hope. Yeah. That's my hope is that with a faithful, sovereign unchanging, consistent God. And I've learned that through the years, just through life experiences, but also through being Mm -hmm. a student of the word, Mm -hmm. personally doing that, but also being in Bible studies with other women and also through small group and connection group. Having that foundation has been what has sustained me over the decades. Right. And has in the last few years, like you talked about. Yeah, a while ago, I don't know, how many years has it been since Greg had his stroke? It was three years ago. In fact, this next week, it will be exactly three years ago. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that and and the scariness of that and how you got through that. And then go on and tell us about your time in Africa. Well, uh, my husband and I uh, were on a big bike ride in Des Moines with our daughter and a friend of hers. We were riding around the lakes had stopped to get something to eat and then um, got back on our bikes and my husband had trouble standing and he thought he was fine and could continue on and we went a ways further and he stopped and then he couldn't stand and so we ended up um, staying at Gray's Lake and our daughter and her friend went and got the car and my husband at that time said sir I think I may be having a stroke so uh, we drove to a, the Ames Hospital And um, he was there for a little over 24 hours, and his symptoms started deteriorating, and then he was life-flighted to Iowa City. And uh, it was touch and go. We didn't know if he was going to make it. So 
everything that was normal was all of a sudden not. And people said, how did you get through that? The way we got through it, what both my husband and myself and I would say our family was because we know Jesus uh-huh. and we knew that if Greg made it, God would be with us. But we also knew if he didn't make it, we knew that he would be with Jesus and we would see him again. True. Now it's easy to say that. Mm-hmm. But what do you do when the panic just hits, that, that fear that you can just taste? What do you do at that moment when you think the rock of my husband mm-hmm. is falling apart? Well, when he was, be- he was intubated and he couldn't talk. And then they were going to take him, and we didn't know if he was going to make it. But I will never forget, Greg couldn't speak, but he tapped. Drew happened, our son happened Mm -hmm. to be in the room, and he tapped Drew on the chest. And he asked, he went like this and said, you know, you basically was telling Drew to pray. So Drew prayed, and then he tapped Mm -hmm. me on the chest and asked me to pray. Mm. And he was fearful too. Yeah, Uh he was fearful. But then Drew said, Dad, if I don't make it, or if you you don't Don't make make it, it, Dad... I'll take care of mom and your and my sisters. Mm. And so even in the midst of something horrible, that foundation is what carried us through. Now, just like you said, it was very difficult. And I think the thing that was probably the most difficult is the unknown. When any of us go through circumstances where it's questionable or we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or in a week, that's scary. Very. And that's where knowing Jesus, and even though it was horrible, and it was hard and scary, my anchor was, okay, Lord, you have taken me this far in my life. I'm going to trust you that you are good, because your word says you're good. Right. And I'm going to trust you that you have a plan, even though I don't like this plan. Okay. or it, it's, And you can't see the I end of the plan. I can't see it, and it's hard. And so that's what I had to cling to. And Drew and my other children were there to support me friends were Mm -hmm. you came Mm -hmm. into town and saw me at the hospital and prayed with me there were people praying for us and encouraging us but the rock the anchor was jesus the truth so that's that's how we got through and then it was a day by day depending and when things got harder when you know when greg ended up flying back or coming back to ames and then was in the hospital for over a month in rehabilitation not knowing if he'd be able to work again and again the unknown and the unknown is probably the hardest. Exactly. Sometimes I feel like God gives us a little uh, headlamp to be able to see our next step, but I kind of wish mm-hmm. he would give us a uh, big, huge lamp like you see at a football stadium, right. like a floodlight, I, so I could see more. But I think he purposely only gives us the little bit of light ahead of us. Why do you think he does that? So we'll depend on him. I think you're right. And especially for a person like me, I can tend to be a get things done, make yep. things happen, and kind of... Um, want to control yeah and mm-hmm. so then when all of a sudden you can't God's reminder to me that he is God and I need to depend on him that was again and again the reminder yes there were things I needed to do be responsible and things but God wanted me and he still wants me mm-hmm. to depend on him every step of the way not just some of the time right so that's probably the biggest yeah. message that right. I learned and then what happened after with the words? Yeah, tell after, us about Drew and going to Africa. The day that Greg got out of the hospital, okay. he ended up, or he came home from the hospital, and then Drew, our son, and his wife, Melissa, ended up 
um, having twin baby girls. And they were born, so then the next day we drove over to see them, and they were in and out of the ICU in the hospital for about a month. And Greg was still in rehabilitation at this time. Right. He was at home, but he was still in rehab. Okay. But um, so that was happening, and at the same time, uh, Drew and Melissa had been for years or for a year and a half uh, in the process of adopting possibly from Africa and then also had been trying um, some infertility help. And so this was a huge blessing for have the little girls, but then at the same time they needed to go and get their adoptive children in Africa. And Greg was supposed to go, okay, but with, Drew. But with his stroke he couldn't go, so right. then I was plan B oh, to wow. go with. The, so the babies right. then were, after they were a month old, okay. then it was time for Drew and myself to go. And... This is the silly thing about it. I thought, oh, wow, this is going to be a break hmm. because it had been intense yeah. being a caregiver. Right. Anyone who's of a course. caregiver of someone, they it's, get that. Yes. it's a lot of work, and you love the person and you want to help. But I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this will be yeah. a break. So a step away. So Drew and I went to the uh, Dem- Democratic Republic of the Congo, and it was supposed to be a week, maximum three-week okay. trip. Okay. And what ended up, uh, it ended up being... Uh, almost six weeks that we were there and not everyone has the type of experience that we had mm-hmm. but it ended up the lawyers that drew um, drew's family was working with or we had been mm-hmm. assigned to ended up all being corrupt uh, since they drew wouldn't give lots of additional money hmm. they, they right they mm-hmm. smeared drew's name and oh, put wow. lies in his mm-hmm. file so mm-hmm. we were in a foreign country then all of a sudden, the what they call exit letters were mm-hmm. shut down and were not being issued. And so we were in a foreign country where Drew was being slandered. The government basically shut down on adoptions at that time. We had the two children in right. our... They were fully Drew's children, but we couldn't get them out of the country. Exactly. So you were relying on this government that was right. actually corrupt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so then what ended up happening is basically during that time it was lots of waiting and there would be meetings, but very little hope. But to make a long story short, what mm-hmm. ended up happening is God moved. That is the only reason we were able to get out and the only reason to get out with the children because many families could not get their children out and huh. and some of them are still waiting to get their children. And so it was a huge blessing, but it ended up a man who was staying in the compound where we were living ended up making contact with someone who was high up in the uh-huh. in the government that was a follower of Jesus too ended up helping us but during that whole time there were dark times right i it remember was, you saying that was one of the scariest times it that was you'd ever faced because there were people who you thought were good were bad and what was supposed to be like a a law official or a police officer whatever some of them were very corrupt and mm-hmm. during the time after when some of the evil was being more exposed, we were told to not leave the compound. So for about 35 days of the 40-plus mm-hmm. days, right. the children and I were not allowed out of that because they were afraid for our, for our yeah, safety right. and that the children might be taken. Or that they and the tra- children didn't know you well. No, no English. No English. No English, and you're, it was a, at that time it was a 4-year-old and a 2-year-old with little English. And you couldn't leave. No, but... What was my hope in it was that somehow, oh, Lord Jesus, help. You know, yeah. and, and Lord you having... You knew you were dependent. Right. 
I, I it was yeah. it was kind of the old saying when when everything is taken away you realize that all you have is Jesus. Yeah, and, and all you need is and, Jesus. And all you need yeah. is Jesus. That yeah. was it. But mm-hmm. we had to just depend on it. And thankfully Drew and I were both believers. I think the thing that probably helped me the most was I had my Bible mm-hmm. and reading scripture and mm-hmm. when I felt very discouraged and frightened mm-hmm. to just read the truth and fill my mind mm-hmm. and heart with the truth and trust even though again mm-hmm. that I didn't like my circumstances to choose to believe in God and to make the best of it huh. you know while you're there because it doesn't help anyone to be stuck in the pity party focus on the negative could you really relate to David in the Psalms where mm-hmm. all of his enemies were pursuing him and he had to cry out to Jesus because that's the only hope he had and yeah, he turned his gaze mm-hmm. onto the beauty of the Lord, and it did change how he thought about his circumstances. Right. Well, and I, some of my favorite verses are Romans 8, mm. 38 and 39, mm-hmm. where it, it talks about the fact that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God. And that was, you know, it was living that out. Exactly. It says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just, I mean, those are two of them. They were life words for you. Exactly. So then when finally Uh got to come home, it was just a huge celebration. So another thing that you've suffered through in the last couple years is a couple surgeries, one pretty major surgery. Um, tell us about that. Well, a little over a year ago, okay. I guess it was almost two years ago, I started having chronic pain and went through physical therapy, and they determined that I had um, problems with my neck and needed ultimately to have neck surgery. And so um, that was a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the complications, possible complications of a surgery like that, um, the doctors said were uh, paralyzation oh. or losing your voice completely. And so... That's um, scary. Yes. And so, but I was in chronic pain and mm-hmm. I, it wasn't going to be corrected on its own, so I knew I needed it. But again, back to what we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. is my hope and prayer was that the surgery would be successful. Mm-hmm. But I knew if it didn't, I knew I would be in good hands Hmm. and I would either be with Jesus Mm -hmm. or even with whatever complications he would walk me through, even if Mm -hmm. it might not be what I would choose. Mm -hmm. So I had ended up having a successful surgery. Um, I did have complications with my voice Mm -hmm. and was not able really to talk clearly for almost four or five months and you didn't know if you were ever going to be able to talk clearly and and the doctors didn't know if I Hmm. was another hurry up and wait type of situation and it was also um I think a good reminder that when we're struggling it was hard and I didn't feel good I ended up also getting sick and having a severe sinus infection having to have sinus surgery also but I it was a time where I had to depend on other people my Uh physical limitations after the surgery right. I couldn't do because it would mess up my neck right. surgery so people brought in meals yeah people That's came nice in. but also sometimes hard oh to it was, be dependent I had to I cried uh-huh and I said to my husband it's so much easier to be the helper uh-huh than to uh, to, to have be people helped to be helped but having to allow people to help us yeah. is part of being in the body of Christ huh. and so we need to be willing 
yes, to help people, but also when we are physically challenged or in um, difficult situations, mm-hmm. we need to be willing to let people help. And that's hard, right? but that's, again, part of depending on Jesus and saying, being honest not only with God, uh-huh. but with others. Exactly. So they have the opportunity exactly. to help us. But that Very. was a time of, again, depending on God, and I had to come to the conclusion or I had to come to the realization if my voice never mm-hmm. got better, right? I needed to still praise the Lord. Exactly. Because I could walk. I There were a lot of things I could still be thankful for. Yep. My life would have dramatically changed, but I could still seek to find joy right? despite my circumstances. And a sovereign God does what's best for you, right. even though sometimes it doesn't feel like the and best. I, I think one other verse that I think is important with mm-hmm. this subject mm-hmm. is in Second Corinthians, the very first part of it, mm-hmm. talks about when we go through challenges mm-hmm. or we go through trials where we end up finding hope through Christ and joy because of Christ and knowing him, then later when we find other people that are going through similar trials that we went through, then we have the opportunity to point them to Jesus uh-huh. and the truth. And stand with them in that. Right. Uh-huh. And show them That's that, so true. that God mm-hmm. is unchanging and he will walk you through whatever. And sometimes yeah. those challenging or even things... Um, that we hate or don't like or wonder why have we gone through this mm-hmm. are exactly what God uses to exactly. help other people. So and you have a you have a heart for those people that are going through the same struggles that right. you've gone through, and you want to minister to them. And that's how God turns something that we can think of as bad or evil can turn that something sometimes into, into something good and a be, to be a blessing to mm-hmm. someone else. Beauty from ashes. Amen. Excellent. Well, Sarah, you've been a um, just an inspiration through all of your trials and um, things you've suffered these last few years. And so I just really wanted you to show people that it can be done. You can cling to Jesus when things mm-hmm. are rough. And um, because you have Jesus in you, he gives you the ability to mm-hmm. persevere. So mm-hmm. would you like to pray for all the women going mm-hmm. through things like this, that they would cling and persevere in Jesus? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you that you are the one true God. We thank you that your word is true and that it is a reliable, unchanging resource for us. We thank you that uh, you are a God who sees everything going on in our lives and that we can come to you any time, any place, and that uh, your word says um, if we draw near to you, you will draw near to mm-hmm. us. And we thank you that you're that God. We thank you that we can, um, we don't have to pretend how we're feeling. We can express our, our hurts and our joys and that you love us, period. That there's nothing we can do to make you love us more. And that there's absolutely nothing we can do to make you love us less. And we just thank you that you are unchanging that you are faithful, that you are steadfast. And I pray that we would cling to you, that we would seek you not in some of our ways, but in all of our ways. And I just pray for uh, the woman out there that may be hurting and feel all alone. I pray that she'd have the courage to step out and and get into community, that she would um, find you and find you faithful and see that you are faithful and that you are good and that she can trust you not only with the little things but also with the big things and again we just thank you jesus um, that you are good and thank you that um, 
we can trust you every step of the way and that you have promised to go before us, that you have promised to walk with us, and you have promised to be our rear guard. And we just thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. He is good. Thank you so much for coming on the program, Sarah. You have been a huge blessing in my life, and I'm glad you're able to bless others with this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?